Hey listeners, Morse code here from inside the cushion of a futon in Josh's conference room. No, I don't know why he keeps a futon in his conference room. I assume it's for midday naps. Anyway, I know what you're thinking. This is a new loaf for Morse code, but it's very, very important. I catch this call Josh is about to have with the Paul Miners. I gotta go dark. Josh just came in. Enjoy everyone. All right, Paul, this is great. So I'm in New Zealand with you here. And yeah. we are just outside the Shire or the, uh, yeah, I got the Shire. It's, it's Hobbit, it's Hobbitville. Have, have, have you been here before? Uh, to, to Hobbiton, you mean? Have I been? Oh, Hobbiton, excuse me. That's Ho- the name. Hobbiton. Yeah, I actually went for the first time because you, I don't know, you can actually go to the movie set. Um, what the story is, when they did the first few movies, they made temporary sets that were all like, cheap materials and polystyrene yeah and it all was torn down after they filmed the first trilogy um but the farmer who owned the land um would do tours for his friends they were just like oh, his friends were just like can you just show us where they did the movies he's like yeah come along and have a look and he just showed them a bunch of hills there was nothing there <laughs> there was i think there was some old bits of movie set but it was nothing impressive wow and then he turned it into a business. This is still while there was nothing there. So he would do these set tours of like, this is this is the actual land we did the um, movie yeah. on. And then when they reshot um, uh, the Hobbit movies years ago, the the, the new the second trilogy, that he they, they came back and said, we want to use the farm again. And he said, yep, that's fine. But I, I, I think I'm getting this story right. He said, can we make it a permanent set? And that way um, we can continue these tours. And it was good for New Zealand tourism as well. So now the set wow. they made out of real brick, real wood real materials the doors open there's nothing inside the hobbit holes but you can open the doors and so now you can go and do the proper movie tour where you've, you can actually it's incredible like i only went for the first time last year but you wow. literally feel like you've stepped into the shire and oh. what's really funny is they have hobbit holes of different sizes so you have life-size ones so if i stand next to it i look like a hobbit but then they have ones that are very small so that when gandalf who's coming through is walking past he looks giant so they yeah. have these different scaled hobbit holes and things but it's an incredible <laughs> incredible experience yeah <laughs> what a great place for instagram to instagram photos yeah yeah i wonder if they're because i know that they're doing a series now like a tv series like amazon i don't know mm. what the status is on that i don't know if they, i don't know if they're shooting that in new zealand or not it is yeah it's happening oh. yeah i think i thought it was netflix i can't remember i might be getting that wrong um yeah. but no i think they're in casting i've definitely heard casting calls for it wow. um they want people with weird bodies. <laughs> they want people with <laughs> fu- funny shaped heads and stuff like this. Um, so they've definitely done casting calls. I think they've started filming. Yeah, we have some big movies going on here. All the Avatar movies are going on here at the moment as well. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just down the road from, I'm in Orlando normally, and um, Atlanta, they do a lot of movies up in Atlanta. Of course, uh, Marvel's all up there, um, Hunger Games, um, Walking Dead. And uh, I, so we've done the movie tours up there. It's a lot of fun, uh, you know, to go see, you know, President Snow's mansion, go see, you know, that very first, uh, the it's like in an artist village where, you know, Katniss first goes, I volunteer, you know, and so that uh, yeah, that yeah. whole village is like a, a legit, like, artist community that's there. And so it's just really, but they, they also kind of did that. Um, they, I like, 
And I, I love this, like, because I think there's so much interest. And I'm so glad that they built up the permanent stuff because, um, you know, even something as simple as the graffiti at the beginning, I think, of of, 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 of the first movie where they say the, the, the odds are never in our favor. Um, yes. They left that graffiti up. And okay. um, that's just, it's cool <laughs> to be able to go see where movies are made. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I didn't fly all this way to talk movies, although that's fun. And we could probably keep talking we about could do that. It. We could do um, it. Yeah. So, Paul, I want to start by, you know, the reason that it was so important that I come all the way to come visit you is, you know, again, I'm working on this project, this Napoleon Hill type project where I'm talking to the brightest minds of people that have um, just absolutely impacted my life in a significant way. And the thing that that you provide, the expertise that you provide, there's two things that uh, I think are rather remarkable. First of which uh, is is kind of the big subject that you cover, and that is the, the subject of the topic of sales automation, but not in the sales funnel traditional sense, right? Where it's like, it feels artificial and fake and roboticized for the user, but that if you're talking about, um, you know, you're a service provider, you're an agency consultant, you know, you do sales, right? Um, but you, it, it's the systems and processes that are on the back end. And the way that I explain this is let's, it's kind of like when you go to see um, a Broadway musical and from the audience's perspective, it just feels so effortless. And it's just, it's so seamless and flawless and everything that's going on on the stage. But what the audience doesn't see is the organized chaos <laughs> that is behind the scenes. And that's kind of what I equate this to is that the audience experience should not feel it, you know, how do you deliver a personalized experience? But do that when you're talking or being introduced to, you know, 10 to 20 new high value sales contacts or sales guests every single week. Well, the only way you can do that, because the human brain just won't allow you to remember that you, no. I mean, unless yeah. you're like some sort of, you know, have like some misshapen hobbit head, you know, with a big brain or something like that. Like you can't do that. Right. Um, so you have to have the process and systems on the back end. So that's the first thing that, that I'm, I'm so excited to talk with you about is just how life-changing that has been for us and that's that's what you teach. Like that's your expertise. You're a big fan of pipe drive and and other sales automation tools. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, you uh, show Paul the the courage to give away what other people are not willing to be generous with, and because of that, um, it was a no brainer for me in terms of like who I want to do work with. So if someone puts up a web page. I'll illustrate this and then I'm going to go back. I'm kind of painting, I'm laying out the um, paint by numbers canvas right now. So right now I'm kind of drawing all the numbers and the lines and stuff like that. And then we're going to go back together and we're going to paint all of this. <laughs> so, um, so what this looks like in, and um, is that some people just say, well, I'm a pipe drive expert. And and they they put up this web page and then they you know I've got this Udemy course or I've got this Thinkific or whatever their thing is right and I sell it for uh, you know two ninety nine or one ninety nine whatever it is right or nine even like thirty nine dollars right um, and so as a result of that I go okay yeah you're probably a pipe drive expert nice knowing you. <laughs> 
And then like, there's no way to build a relationship with that person because it's basically you go to their front door and they say, Hey, if you want to peek inside the wind, you, you can look at the facade on the outside, but if you want to come into the house, give me my money. And it's like, okay, we're never going to build a relationship here. We're, we're at an impasse. Uh, so anyway, so those are the two things that we're going to talk about because you are a YouTube rock star when it comes to teaching sales automation. You just give it away. Let's start there. Let, I'm going to change, let's, let's start there. Okay. Yeah. What, what drove you to say, I'm going to give away for free on YouTube what other people are charging money for? Why'd you do that? Yeah, great question. I mean, when I started my business, my goal, like many coaches or consultants, was just, I just want to get lots of leads coming in the door. And I kind of had decided that I did. I, I hate cold calling. I hate prospecting. I, I hate doing any kind of cold outreach. Yes. I tried a few like, okay, let me build some lists and I'll email them and, and try that. I hate doing cold outreach. Mm-hmm. So I decided very early, I want to generate a system where people come to me, where I'm doing some marketing, whether that's a podcast, blog, YouTube, whatever. I just want people coming to me. I will qualify them. They'll get on a call. And that's just going to save me a ton of time. And I don't, so I'm not doing any cold outreach. And so for me, it it kind of made natural sense. And I was learning about, you know, I was following people online, like the Pat Flynn's of the world, Smart Passive Income, and showing like these people that put out a ton of content. Again, could be anything, blogs, podcasts, videos, but they just put out content. They deliver value first. And it's that whole Gary, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, what's his book? Jab, 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 right hook. You know, you provide value a ton of times, then you come with right hook, which is your sales pitch. And by that time, you know, like you just said, you know, you've built credibility. They know, okay, well, I can see Paul's a pipe drive expert. Um, he's, he's proven that now. He's not just saying it on his website. He's actually demonstrated right. it. Um, I trust him. Um, I like this guy. That's that's something as well. It's honestly, I think that's a really important factor. Is like, <laughs> totally, is this person easy to talk to? Do they communicate clearly? That's a, honestly, that's even been a byproduct of doing the videos. Is I think getting in front of a camera, recording videos, it force it teaches you how to communicate an idea as clearly as possible. Because I like to create content that I want to consume. I don't want videos that are long and drawn out and waffly and fluffy. So I was just like, I'm just, they're going to be short and to the point and deliver value quickly. They're going to focus on a key feature or a problem. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to put out videos. So I'm going to build value, build credibility, deliver value. And then when people come to me and want to work with me, um, I'm not having to pitch like a cold lead. I've already built up all that trust. So for me, it was just kind of a, a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Um- and, and so, by the way, I uh, so I've done some work with Pat. Like when he spoke at uh, Podfest here in Orlando, I drove him to the uh, local uh, TV station, did a TV segment, uh, uh, you know, about podcasting and how podcasting has kind of been life changing for him. You know, but I asked him. I said, Paul, you know, or uh, Pat, you know, how do you decide? You know, you were obviously work with brands. Like, how do you decide? You know, who to endorse and who to work with? And he, he said, "Listen, it's all about relationship." And, and it really, you know, that really got me thinking about, you know, how can we develop relationships more easily? Because I think in business, we'd all love that make friends button. You could just push the button and someone would like us and want to do uh, business with us. And I think that a lot of marketers are, are too afraid to give what it takes to give uh, in, order to, um, in, in order to earn that friendship. And so... Um, at some point, like you're doing this content, especially when you get going on YouTube, right? And you're just producing this content. You're like, okay, wow, 30 people watched it. Um, 
No one, one, two thumbs up. All right. Yay. So two people like the video and that's it. And you're like, okay, let's do another one. <laughs> and you keep on doing it. And it's like, it just feels like it takes forever. You're doing all this work and nothing. What, what was your, well, maybe you're, I, I shouldn't, uh, you know, assume what your experience was, but it was, was it like that or how was it? Yeah. You know, I'd say it was a slow start. YouTube, I think rewards, um, consistency. So if you're starting a brand new channel, if you've never made videos before, um, you're not going to get the traction straight away. And I think, yeah, for those first few six months, you really have to be prepared to like put out content and be prepared for it to not really get viewed or not get many comments until you've kind of proven yourself in the YouTube game. Because YouTube's algorithm, you know, kind of rewards people who are being consistent, putting out content regularly. That's an important factor. Yeah. Um, are the videos getting good engagement? Are they getting questions? And, and uh, sorry, are they getting comments and, and things like that? Is the watch time good? So these were things that, I mean, coming from a marketing background, I just had in the back of my mind. And it's why I focused on, let me keep the videos a bit shorter so that I can keep people's attention, mm. um, have them actually watch a number of videos of mine rather than watching one long video and have them drop off i'd rather show youtube that hey if i get someone they can actually watch a few of my videos um i tell people in the video if you have questions leave me a comment below that's one of the main ways that um i oh, help people is through, yeah. through those comments and again that's an indicator to youtube that um you know this people are enjoying and engaging with this video so there are some things you can do to kind of build up that that volume and that and that um, traffic on YouTube, but it does take some time in the beginning. So it really is a, a game of patience and persistence. Yeah. And, you know, going back to that, one of the other points you made, you can be strategic with what you put on YouTube. I don't, I put out a ton of free value and I kind of think of it as like anyone that's new to new to pipe drive. These videos are great for you. It's going to help you get started. I'm going to get you a, a good deal of the way there. But if you want to get that final 20%, if you want to learn some of the really good stuff that, uh, like getting into the really cool automation, I actually keep that as part of the program and the consulting that I do. Um, so you can be strategic with not necessarily giving away everything, but putting out enough to show that, to build that credibility and to deliver value. Yeah. How do you decide what goes where? Uh, it's thinking about those things, you know, like um, I, I look at it from the point of view, what's, what are some simple little tutorials I could do to demonstrate different features or get somebody mm -hmm. started? I think about like, what would that new user journey be for someone on PipeDrive? You know, they're signing up, they have questions about how should I structure my pipeline? How do I import data? What are these different features? I want to get you, just help you with all that kind of simple stuff. That's stuff I'm happy to put on YouTube. And then once they're comfortable, they're like, cool, PipeDrive's awesome. I'm signed up now. I don't need convincing there. I don't need convincing on Paul. He knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But what I really would love to do is become a power user. I want to take it to that next level and do the stuff that you mentioned at the start, Josh, which is I want to automate the heck out of my business. That's the stuff where I'm like, cool, I'm going to keep that as part of more of the consulting that I do. And, you know, that's not for everyone. A lot of people might be happy with the basic stuff, but if you really want to get that, do it, you know, use Pipedrive really well, go the, go the full mile, then um, I'm going to keep that to be something that, uh, yeah, like you're going to, you're going to get, going to get that by working with me. Um, that's kind of how I tackle it. Yeah. And so um, now when you're so obviously you're producing all of this content, um, you know, on social or on YouTube, you're building an audience, um, getting good and great engagement. People are asking questions. You're like, oh, that's brilliant. I didn't even think about doing a video about that, you know, by, you know, you're, you're essentially crowdsourcing um, and asking the market, what do you want to learn next? And I'll teach it to you. <laughs> and, you know, again, they can get the 101 on YouTube or you know, if they want the 
you know, the kind of the sophomore, junior, senior level or the master's degree, they can do that, exactly. of course, at your at your website. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a great, you know, it, it, otherwise it's really hard to, to, you know, to come up with content ideas. Um, but when you just keep on giving and serving, it's amazing what you'll learn in the process. And you would mention this too, by virtue of teaching that thing and putting yourself out there, um, you know, you just get better and better and better. I would imagine if we go back, Paul, and look at your first videos, they're way different oh than gosh. they are today. Don't, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's something I tell people as well. Is like, if you're thinking about starting on YouTube, a lot of people get really caught up in the beginning about like the technical stuff. Like what camera do I need? What microphone should I use? Um, should I use a script? Should I go off no, uh, bullet points? Um, how do I edit? Um, when I publish it, what should I do? There's all these questions. Um, in this, I'm, I'm someone who's very much, um, I would rather just start something and do it and execute and don't worry too much about the quality rather than not do yeah. it at all. So if you look at my early stuff, I'm using my laptop and my built-in webcam, which is terrible. I can't remember. I think I maybe had a little lapel mic or maybe even no mic at all or something. So mm -hmm. the audio wasn't great. It was dark. I didn't have the lighting right. Um, but you know what? People still find those videos. I still get comments from some of those really old videos because um, they're quite evergreen. People just find them and still comment on them. And it just goes to show the production quality. Yes, it's important, you know, but it's not why people watch the video. They they watch the video because they want someone to teach them about pipe drive. And if the content holds up, then you can you can get away with being a bit a bit uh, lower quality on the production quality. Obviously, that's something I've improved as I've gone on. I have a like, better better webcam now and a microphone and the editing process is better and I zoom in on parts of the screen. So that's all improved with time. Um, yeah. But that's why my advice to people is just, just get started. Like you can work oh, out some of that yes. stuff later. Don't make that a reason not to start because if you put all these ba barriers in the way of like what camera shall I use? How do I edit? You're never going to make that first video. No. And you, I, and you know what? Even if you do all the technology stuff, if you, even if you get the right camera, your first video is still going to suck because you're going to be yes. nervous. You're not, you're going to be stuttering. And so you, you, you kind of have to just suck for a while while you learn the process, while you get better, while you develop your um, on-camera, you know, voice and that type of thing. And, and you eventually get rewarded with better videos. It's just something you get better at with experience. So you have to be prepared to suck for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I shared this with Pat when we were, <laughs> when we were, we were in the car and I, I shared, you know, uh, Pat, I don't know if you've ever gone back and listened to your first handful of episodes. No. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, it, it, there's saying, one yeah. in particular. So Pat was incredibly uncomfortable when he launched, you know, you go back and listen to the first handful of episodes of Smart Passive Income. But I swear, I got to find where it is, right? There's one episode, you could tell he's just really uncomfortable. He's just like sling. And I don't know if he meant to keep it in or he meant to edit it out or whatever. But at one point, he just, he just stops. And then he goes, <sighs> And then he, then he keeps on going. He's just like so frustrated with himself that he just yeah. has to audibly sigh. Like this is just painful, <laughs> but yeah, you will get, you will get through that for sure. Uh, the yeah. more that you it's, create and, and you know what? It's a rite of passage. It's people. Yes. And it was honestly, I think I'd heard Pat say something like that on one of his podcasts or videos. I'd heard him say, you know, yeah, like I was, I don't look at my old videos or podcasts. Like they suck. Um, and I heard that and I was like, okay. And it was, it was great hearing someone like Pat say it. Yeah. Pat, who's someone I, um, especially when I was starting my business, I idolized and looked up to like, yeah, what a great sure. business. Hearing him almost give me permission to say, look, it's okay to suck in the beginning. I don't look at my early or listen to my early podcast. I was like, oh, what a relief. Like mm -hmm. if you can get away with it, then 
that I definitely can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, let's, what I really, and I'm so excited to chat about this is how your world will change. And again, anyone who's listening to us that you're, you're in consulting, you're an agency, you generally, and I suspect that there's, there's application for whatever it is that you're selling for sure. Um, but I, I really want to talk about, we use for our CRM, we use Pipedrive and we we absolutely love it. For us, well, let, let me talk about that before we kind of dive into this. Um, there's a lot of great CRM tools out there. Um, why did you kind of latch onto Pipedrive? Yeah, I mean, partly it was um, kind of given to me. I, I actually got my first experience with it when I was working in mortgages at a job here in um, New Zealand. And um, actually, the owner of the business was a friend of mine, and I actually helped him choose a few. Um, uh, we, we evaluated a few CRMs. We looked at, I think, you know, I think we quickly ruled out Salesforce. We were like, look, mm-hmm. that, that's too expensive and it's clunky and looks old anyway. So we're not going go, to go down the Salesforce route. Um, I think we looked at things like Insightly and HubSpot and Pipedrive. We didn't spend that much time looking at them. We just sort of looked at which ones have a nice design, which ones have the features that we think we're going to need. And I, I think I said, you know, this pipe drive one looks really nice. Why don't we just give that a go? And if it doesn't work, we'll try a different one. And we rolled with that. And um, we, so we, we were using that in the mortgage business. And that's when I was starting my consulting business uh, on the side at the time, helping people with Asana. Mm. But I was also learning this new tool, Pipedrive. And so I thought, well, okay, number one, I'm going to use it as the CRM for my consulting business. I'm going to manage my leads in Pipedrive because I'm using it at work anyway. I may as well create an account for myself and use it for my business. And then number two, hey, I've actually learned this tool pretty well. I've been using it every single day. Um, I think I could teach other people about this tool. So it was kind of a natural evolution for me because uh, I was using it quite a lot. Um, I never I never considered, sometimes people ask me, do you consult on other CRMs? And I say, no, you know what? Because number one, I get enough, enough work from people who need help with Pipedrive. There's plenty of people mm-hmm. who need help. And I'd rather just go deep and niche on the one tool that I personally use because that way I'm always up to date on new features that are coming out. I'm always experimenting with it for myself on how I can use it better. And so I just want to be the absolute specialist on one tool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so if someone says, well, Paul, I'm shopping around for a CRM, why pipe drive? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's definitely not for everyone. It kind of depends a lot on what you're looking for in a CRM. But I think the the thing that um, a lot of people are gravitated towards is it's a really simple, easy to use CRM. Just visually, it's got a really nice design. I mean, yeah. I've I've looked at hubs, uh, things like HubSpot, which are quite similar, but even just um, <laughs> you know, editing a little, a few little bits of information in HubSpot takes a couple of extra clicks, whereas Pipedrive is really intuitive and easy to update. Um, so that that design and usability is is a really big factor. Pricing wise, it's priced re- really uh, very affordably as well, so it really suits that kind of small to medium sized business. Um, you pay for the number of users that you need, and you can choose if you want like a basic, medium, or advanced, uh, sorry, professional plan. So you can kind of pay for the features that you want. Another common thing people tell me is like, hey, we've been using this other CRM, but we feel like we're paying too much because it has all these features that we just don't need. And we'd yeah. rather just have something simple and easy and affordable like Pipedrive. Um, yeah. You could, you could the spend time, some money on something like Salesforce <laughs> or HubSpot totally, yeah. too. But at the same time, Pipedrive is very uh, scalable. Like you can start yeah. with it and um, it can be quite cheap and easy to use. And then they have, number one, they have their marketplace of apps. So it's a bit like, you know, the iPhone. You can buy an iPhone or a Mac and you've got Apple Calendar and Mail on there. And so they have all the built-in features, mm-hmm. but they have their, you can download apps to do more with your phone. And it's the same yeah. with Pipedrive. 
you can go into their marketplace, you can install these third-party applications to make it do uh, all these extra things and really add on to what uh, onto the Pipedrive experience. And then you can do what I do is, which is using Zapier quite a lot as well. Like Zapier is my best friend. It's yeah. my, digital, my digital employee that does everything for me. And it can really, again help you to take pipe drive to that next level so oh yes yeah, signing up to pipe drive you can start quite cheap and simple but it can really kind of grow and scale and become a really powerful tool when you want it to be oh gosh yeah there's so many integrations with pipe drive and that's that's one of the things we liked the pricing we liked the um the, the integration list was amazing zapier was a must um that, yeah. that it integrates seamlessly with zapier most do um but you know for us um let's talk about um why you absolutely, well, you know, for, for most businesses that I'm thinking of, right, um, you know, why you're not running your company in a CRM and you're dealing with individual clients, right? Again, you're doing consulting, you're an agency, you're, you know, you're working with individual, you know, kind of like having an ongoing relationship and hopefully that that ultimately turns into a sale. Um, how will a well-run CRM change your life? Yeah. How I would describe it is like a CRM helps you to avoid unnecessary pain. So <laughs> avoidable pain is the worst. I, I try and reduce friction, reduce um, problems and train, streamline as much I can across all aspects of my life, whether it's at home and signing up to HelloFresh because that makes cooking dinner easier or in my business and signing up to Pipedrive and Zapier, which helps me to automate more of my process. But, you know, yes, you could absolutely operate your business out of a spreadsheet. Is that the best way to do it? Probably not. You're going to get so many more additional features and, and capabilities with a CRM that are just going to help you to um, be more efficient, uh, save time because you've got things like now you can send emails with preloaded templates. You're not having to type, type out emails or go and copy and paste templates from a note that you have somewhere. You've got all the great reporting that comes with the CRM. So that's, that's honestly one of the huge things for me is the data that I get out of Pipedrive tells me so much about, okay, where are my deals coming from? Well, the deals that are converting, you know, people who sign up for my service, where are they coming from? Why are they converting? Or the deals that I'm losing, where am I losing them and why? So just all that really valuable data that helps me to analyze and improve my process is incredibly useful for me. Um, but really, I, you know, I think having a CRM helps you to uh, be more accountable. It helps you to avoid situations where leads fall through the cracks. That's something I get told yeah. all the time is, Paul, oh. I have all these leads coming in and I'm useless at following up and leads, oh. really good leads often get forgotten about. Having a system in place, not just a spreadsheet, but a system that helps you to work out when to follow up, mm. um, helps you to avoid um, missing out on really good opportunities as well. Yeah. Um, and so one of the main ways that I refer to, you know, follow-up is understanding, and there's different terminology we use in Pipedrive, but, you know, as I've understood it, you know, there are sales stages and then there's yeah. a cadence. <clears throat> and can you talk about what that means? Well, in Pipedrive, so when you set up your account, you you create a pipeline, which typically is your sales process. That's Your pipeline is this is my process. And within that pipeline, you have the stages or the milestones that you need to get through to, to close a sale. So if you think about a typical coach or consulting business like mine, um, you know, you get a new lead and you've kind of made contact. And then usually people kind of book an introductory call or a discovery call. And so you have these as your stages, you know, like new lead, contact made, meeting booked. Then it's going to be like, You've defined their needs. You've maybe sent a quote or a proposal. These are your next few stages. And then finally, it's whatever you, whatever your closing process is, you know, getting a contract signed or getting an invoice paid. 
So that's your pipeline. And you have these key stages that you're trying to get through that basically every person goes through. Everyone I need to have a call with, I need to send a proposal or quote, some kind of offer, and then get them to sign up. And, then and the I like is, if, Yeah, what I like about how you suggested setting that up is a, a goal that was just completed, right? So we talk about what just got done. So for yes. us, you know, we have podcast done, um, you know, initial call done, agreement given or, you know, agreement done and delivered to the client um, and then sale made, right? And so yeah. those are, those would be our stages because then it's really easy to identify, well, did this get done or not? If it's not yeah. done, don't move on to that stage. And it, it goes back to the reporting as well, because then in the reports, you can see, okay, for the deals that I'm not winning, where am I losing them? And you can go, oh, well, like for me, and I think this is typical of a lot of coaching consulting businesses, I lose a lot once that offer has been made. You know, I've sent a quote or a proposal. That's where I lose most people because that's the decision-making phase where people are deciding, do I want to work with this guy? But if people are getting lost in the earlier stage, like maybe when they've booked the call and I'm losing them there, is that because there was a scheduling issue? Is it because they didn't show up for the call? And so that's why I think phrasing it in that way really helps is so that you can understand where what that conversion looks like and where you might be losing people. Um, so those are the stages. And then the cadences that you mentioned. So this is where I think Pipedrive is quite unique because they have a very activity-centric approach to their yes. CRM. Um, they want you always having an activity, basically like a to-do list item or a task mm-hmm. that says, right, Paul, you need to follow up with Josh. You need to give him a call or send him an email and you're going to do that next week. So great example mm-hmm. is, right, we've had a conversation. We've determined, yeah, I'm a good fit for you. I'm going to send you a quote, and now you're kind of in that decision-making phase. Typically, a lot of coaches and consultants then write, the ball's in your court, you tell me when you're ready, um, and you then forget about the lead. But if you can set up some activities that remind you, and this is where you can actually start to automate the process, you could actually generate an automated list of follow-ups. You might decide, right, I'm going to follow up on a proposal seven, eight times. And so you can then program that cadence into Pipedrive and say, right, I'm going to follow up with a call the next day, just check, hey, Josh, did you get my proposal? Any questions? I'm going to follow up on day three, um, checking in, any feedback, day seven, um, ready to get started. You know, But you can program this cadence into the system. And so rather than, like you said earlier, manually having to think about, oh, I should follow up with Josh, the system is going to remind you for you. Uh, so that comes back to those just time-saving um, benefits again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I got to tell you that that will absolutely – Again, it's it's life changing because the idea is so that there's there's a couple of tasks that that I have to do, um, and then I have a sales manager who basically her job is just to log into PipeDrive in the morning, and this is her day. She logs into PipeDrive and it lists every single thing that she needs to do. She goes, you know, goes through, you know, 30, 40 activities. You know, this person needs this thing, this person. And she just rifles through that, you know, a couple hours later, she's done. And we have now given a very positive touch to now 30 to 40 people that are in our sales pipeline um, that, um, and we'll talk about like some of those cadence items, like, you know, what kind of things you recommend, but from an operations standpoint, if you are the founder of a company and you're doing all this work yourself, um, you know, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time that it takes. It really does. Yeah. So when you can learn to create, you know, virtual touches, like what, what kind of touches you can give and you can have someone on your team deliver that 
Um, it is going to make you uh, appear omnipresent. <laughs> like, how on earth does Josh or does Paul have the time to, you know, keep touch with me every day? Doesn't he do anything else? And meanwhile, you're not doing any of that. That's your team that's running all of that for you. Um, but I just got to tell you, like, you know, just how impactful that is. It's it, it, and why this is so important. And, and, and I see this happen, Paul, sometimes in sales, you know, people have this great conversation, customer go, yeah, that's great. You say, great. I'll zip a proposal over to you this afternoon. And then crickets. crickets <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're not it's my following biggest frustration. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so the re can you, can, from your perspective, why is, if they're not using automations and, you know, all that sort of thing and having a follow-up cadence and they get the crickets. Like, why is that the case? It, is it, is it because they're a horrible person and, and that, that client, that potential client hates them or doesn't like them? Um, I would be surprised if that's the case. It's usually, <laughs> you know, I think it's usually a case of you probably haven't connected or fully um, connected your offer with the what the client's looking for, or specifically the problem that the client is trying to solve. Because really that's why most people approach you, right? For your for your service, is they've got some kind of problem they're trying to solve, or they've got this vision for how they want their business to look, or some kind of um, improvement they want to make. And so the trick is aligning what you have to offer with how that's going to solve their problem or get them to where they want to be, create that bridge between where they are now and where they want to get. Uh, and I, you know, I still struggle with this. I'm still, you know, trying to get better at the scripts and the types of questions I can answer to really connect with that. Um, and that's why, you know, having a tool like Pipedrive is really good is I can, I've actually, again, using some automation programmed in some scripts. So when I'm on a call, rather than trying to use my monkey brain to remember what I need to ask. I have my script programmed in like, these are the questions I need to ask to make sure I get to the heart of uh, the problem that they're, they're dealing with and where they want to get. Um, usually that's what I find it is. I mean, often there's sometimes thing uh, issues like um, you might be talking to somebody on the phone who is not the ultimate decision maker. I often, people approach yeah. me to get help with Pipedrive or Asana and um, they're doing sort of that due diligence. They're finding out about the offer that I have, and then, then they're taking that back to their manager or somebody else to get approval and budget sorted. So that's sometimes just dealing with some of that bureau bureaucratic stuff can be a bit of a challenge. And um, if you can get the ultimate decision maker on the phone, that always helps as well. Yeah. You know, and plus, again, you know, kind of what you mentioned, it's people are just busy. And, and it's, yeah. you know, and so in oh, terms totally. of priorities, you know, there's like, I, I, I tell people like, don't take offense. You just need to lead in the relationship. And number one, because, you know, it may be not be the most urgent thing in their day um, just to buy your product or engage with you. Like yeah. it might be on their totally. list, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump oh, on that. Uh, well, I want to jump on that because um, the number one lost reason in Pipedrive, you can set lost reasons. So when you lose a deal, yeah. why did you lose it? My number one lost reason is not that I'm too expensive or that I'm the wrong fit. It's bad timing, which always yeah. interests me as well because it's like you reached out to me. So I would have thought you want to do this now. But <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people are just doing that kind of research. And I often get told, yep, look, we're interested. We're just let's follow up in a month or three months and let's revisit this. Cause sometimes uh, with, you know, with services, it might be more of a luxury, like, okay, I know this is something I need to work on, but it's not crucial to the day-to-day -day of my business right now. Like I'm not losing money. I mean, I try and help them understand that, look, if you have a better system, you will save yourself a lot of unnecessary pain and that's going to help you to save money. Um, sometimes even though people kind of understand that it's, it, 
there's a disconnect between understanding that and pulling the trigger to actually get started. But anyway, the point of uh, I'm arriving at is that with pipe drive, I can say, it's all right, Josh, you know, I understand it's not the right time right now. Let me follow up in a month. And so I can actually mark the deal as lost, which is my way of just clearing it out of my pipeline. I can say, mm. right, Josh, bad timing, you know, um, but I can still have an activity. And this goes back to what I was saying. Pipedrive is a very activity-centric product. Mm. I can schedule an activity and say, right, Josh, I'll follow up in a month. And I can't tell you the number of times people tell me, oh, wow, um, thank you so much for following up. I, I, yeah. I didn't expect you to. Um, and the number of um, clients ultimately who work with me, you know, three or six months after that initial yeah. discovery, because it's like, you know, you know, going back to that entire sales journey, I've built the trust and the credibility on YouTube. So there's no question there. They've heard my offer. Now it's just a case of, you know what, Paul, we just need to get these couple of projects out the way. I have it as well. I've dealt with contractors and I, I've had to say to them, look, there's nothing wrong with what you're offering me. I just have to get a couple of these internal projects done first for the mm -hmm. timing to make sense to me. And then I'm going to do this. And that's the case with my clients as well. So that's why um, it's easy to give up. But having Pipedrive be a system where you can set that reminder, because um, otherwise you're doing the client a disservice. They want to work with you often. It's just a question of timing. And they're possibly going to forget. So you need to take that ownership and be the one responsible for following up, which is where Pipedrive can help. And someone who's not used to CR using a CRM for all of their relationship management uh, is, you know, when you do follow up in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, the summer or whatever, it's going to feel like, wow, that, they, they remembered that. Like, that's very thoughtful of them. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, it's basically the system just told me to do it today. Yeah. <laughs> it showed up in the task list. Especially if you can comment on something as well. Um, I was talking yeah. to a client recently. We had a great conversation about um, he's a golfer and he plays disc golf. I was asking him about his um, setup, his, his home office, and he had all these Frisbees. Yeah. I was like, why do you have so many Frisbees? He said, oh, I, I play disc golf. And so it's great when you can remember something like that or put it into your system. And then when you follow up, you can say, hey, how's the disc golf going? And they remember, they, they realize, oh, mm. wow, Paul, Paul remembered. And it's like, no, no, I, I, I'm useless. Yeah. My memory is terrible, but I just have it in pipe drive, you know? <laughs> that That is a total ninja hack is like while you're having the conversation, keep notes. And, and the reason that we don't keep notes is because we think we're going to remember it because it's like, oh, how, how, how can I forget that? No, you will. <laughs> You know, like 50 to 80 people later, you probably will forget that. And it's just, yeah. it's it's not that you're being, uh, you know, uncaring or something like that. It's just, again, it's like, you know, it's like that party thing when you meet like 20 people. It's like, okay, what was everybody's name? Um, Mark? Um, Susan? I, you know, it's like, this the brain just gets overwhelmed with that. And so you got to keep it all straight and good, you know, keeping notes um, while you're on the other end of Zoom is an easy yeah, way of doing that. I know I'm going to forget. I don't even mm -hmm. just assume. I know I'm going to forget. If I talk to somebody this week, next week when I'm following up, I'm going to have forgotten everything we talked about. So I mm -hmm. really rely on Pipedrive as my digital sales brain. It's where I put the information about what they're telling me, even small little details about yeah this person does disc golf so that um, when I even it's funny often those little cues as well if I put in josh does is a golfer just visually it helps me to picture your oh, face yeah. re remember who you are it's like a trigger i go josh is a golfer and it just brings back everything we talked about it's funny yeah. how those little details can really help with things like that but yeah. um you know I, I really rely on putting everything into pipe drive because when i follow up in a week or two or especially if somebody says follow up in a few months 
I need to look back at my notes and go, oh, that's right. Josh is a golfer. He's new to pipe drive and he really wanted to work on email automation so I can then follow mm. up and actually call out those few things. And it goes back to what you were saying, that great word you used earlier, which is personalization. And often, and we can get into this if you're ready, but I think there's a balance between using automation versus when to be personal and use a yeah. direct follow-up and, and when to use each one. But um that's something that people really appreciate is, oh, this guy remembers who I am. He remembered the conversation and you're just going to, uh, it's going to make your follow-up so much more effective. Yeah. And, and that is our, when we'll talk about, um, you know, kind of cadence items or, or activity items, right? Our fundamental golden rule in sales is at no point should someone that we're communicating with feel like they just got some automated message anywhere. Like everything needs to feel like a human is personally saying this to them. Like that's so to the extent that we can automate it again of that back end, you have to say some, you have to say this and generally you want to communicate this idea or question or whatever, but because, uh, but, but deliver in a way where it feels like that communication is one-to-one. That's our rule. Yeah. Because that's the first thing I do is when someone sends me an email or whatever, I go, is this one-to-one or one-to-many? And if it's one-to-many, I'm probably not going to look at it. Um, if it's one-to-one, I'm going to feel like a schmuck if I don't acknowledge. <laughs> and so I'm going to keep or I'm going to keep it unread in my email box until I do respond to it because they took the time out of their day to send me a personal <clears throat> message. I'm going to respond. Uh, yeah. personally, otherwise, because I don't want them to think I'm a jerk. <laughs> so yeah. what what are your items that you put, what are your activities that that you, or you would recommend someone put in their, um, in their pipe drive for follow-up? Um, well, to touch on what you said a little bit, and, and something I wanted to get into is when to use automation versus not, because, so I'm, I have a slightly different take on automation, um, and not the yours is wrong or mine's better it's more just i I think personal style and what we each prefer um i do and i actually use it as a bit of a marketing tool in a way because what happens is when somebody books a call with me on my website they get their calendly confirmation email and they go into my email marketing system and they get an email from me that says hey josh thanks for your booking um this is an automated i actually call it out i say this as you might have guessed this is an automated email but i wanted to thank you for your booking and let you know that if you Here's some information about me, my background and what I do. But if you do have any questions, if you reply, it comes to me and I will reply. And so I actually make reference to the fact that this is automated because it's kind of a marketing tool for me. That's often why people are getting in touch is they want to systemize more of their business. And so I'm showing the fact that, hey, this is how I use automation. And people like seeing that in preparation for the call. So I kind of draw attention to it. Um, Then we obviously have that conversation. Um, But that to me is where, okay, now that we've had a one-on-one conversation over Zoom, that's where automation stops. I don't, you know, I've sent that welcome email. Thanks for your booking. Here's more about me. But once we've now got the, we've we've established an in-person relationship, Mm. I want to follow up with you personally. So I'm going to be setting my activities in pipe drive and it's going to depend, you know, that cadence is going to depend on how the conversation that we have, you might tell me, Hey, Paul, I'm ready to get started straight away. Great. So I'll send you a follow-up email with clear next steps on what we need to do. If you tell me follow up with me in a week or next month, I'm going to set my follow-up activities differently. So it's going to be a manual process. Sometimes people want to automate 
everything in their pipe drive account. And I have to say, actually, when you've sent that quote or proposal, that's really where you should be doing the manual work because that's where the decision is being made and you need to be the salesperson and following up and being personal. So I'm going to be manually following up. I'm going to be sending personal emails, um, commenting on the things that we talked about on our discovery call. Now, I actually get to a point sometimes where um, people, you know, I follow up a number of times. Sometimes I just get no response. Um, and so, or, or um, people tell me it's not the right time. So I can then re-enter them into an automation. And I can say, that's all right, Josh. Um, what I'll do is I'll follow up with you in a few months. In the meantime, um, would you like me to send you my newsletter? So as I put out new videos, you get updates about those videos and things. And so that's where the automation kind of kicks back in. So mm. I have it at the start. I go to kind of a personalized direct follow-up in the middle during oh. that key decision-making phase. And then if it calls for it at the end, if you need more time to think i can use automation again to kind of keep that relationship going um while you're ready to make that decision and, and that will so the final phase will often be a, a hybrid of automated messages like the, the newsletters and things that i send but direct follow-up as well based on when you told me to to reach back out so that's kind of my mix if you like of how i use um automation and direct follow-up to hopefully create a nice uh sales sales journey yeah. Um, when you work with, how do you, how do you work with people? Like as a business, like obviously you're producing great content. Um, but then what, what's the business behind what you do? Obviously you've got additional, you've got more advanced videos that, that folks, you know, like if I'm on your website, so it's Paul, Paul, I'm on paulminers.com. Um, and then yeah. I click on products and I see, um, well, you, you tell me like, what do most people I see master pipe drive, for example, that's obviously we're talking about that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, so, how do people how do you have, work with people? I have a few different, there's kind of two halves of my business. There's the product side and there's the consulting side. And then there's kind of a bit of a mix of the two in the middle. Um, I have some products and courses like productivity courses. I have eBooks that I've written and things. That's all the product side. That's pretty passive and doesn't really, that's not stuff that I'm selling over zoom. Those are sort of smaller, lower ticket items that I sell through my email automation. Then there's the consulting services that I sell, which is helping people with Asana and pipe drive and Zapier. And, um, how those are sold is usually through people first booking a call with me. I understand what they need. And then I recommend um, a package to them. My model has changed a little bit. And since starting my business, like most coaches or consultants, you know, I started more hourly and, you know, some fixed price projects, um, so a lot of custom custom projects for people. In the last year, though, about, about a year ago, I came out with my current program, which is called Master Pipe Drive, which is a mix of a few different things because the challenge being a one person business is, you know, when you, when you become more successful and the, the demand for your service increases, that sort of lead time to work with you goes up and people have to yeah. wait a while to work with me. So I wanted to create a package where when you sign up, first thing you get access to is an online course that I've created, which is much more depth and detail than the YouTube videos. This is that final 20% that I was talking about, the really good stuff. Um, you get access to group calls that I do. So I'm trying to use a bit of group coaching to create some efficiencies. And a really nice benefit of that is that people really like seeing what other people are doing with their tools. So I do these weekly group sessions with Pipedrive and I, I get like, you know, two or three, four people on a call and they, people have questions for me and I answer them. So those calls are great. You don't have to book a private session with me to get a couple of quick questions answered. You can just bring those to a group call, but then you, a lot of people really like chatting with other Pipedrive users and seeing, mm -hmm. Oh, that's really, I had it the other day. Somebody was like, thank you so much for asking that question. We're going through similar challenges. It's really useful to hear what other people are doing in relation to this particular issue. 
you. Um, so I, I use a bit of group coaching to create some efficiencies and help people connect with one another. And yeah. then I still offer some private consulting with, with different options in my uh, program. So if you want to do a deep dive, work with me on Zoom. If you want training for your team, we can do that via, via private sessions. So I've... Um, while you're waiting for that private session, you've got access to me through those group calls, through that course. And so that's the model that I have in place now, which for me has been, it's a lot more efficient. It's a lot more scalable than the hourly model. And um, I find that most importantly, really, clients get the, a lot more value from that because they have all, all these resources and ways of connecting with me that they didn't before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes it's just like, you know, hearing one item. And if that, you know, it's like one, you hear one great tip. And that, because of that extra tip, you know, that allowed you to bring in one sale extra every 90 days, you know, the level, you know, folks, you know, the products that they're selling, that could be life-changing, uh, you know, to, to, you know, in terms of easy in terms of ROI. And, you know, you've got like a lifetime membership for $2,500. So for most people, one sale additional, and it's like a no-brainer. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's a great offer. And, and I could say, you know, again, you and I, uh, I, I followed all of your YouTube videos and then I, then I hired, then we hired you and we're like, Paul, come back our work. <laughs> we spent, I think, 80 minutes together and you're like, yep, 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 yep. This is all good. Oh, you might want to tweak this or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Paul, I appreciate you. You, um, you know, having a masterful pipe drive on the back end has, we now have three people on our team. Whereas I think when you and I started, it was about 10. So we've fourfold increased the size of our team as a result of, you know, kind of our, our you know, all of our systems, which bring everybody in. Uh, but then, you know, if we didn't have all of those systems to convert people, uh, I could tell you from experience, uh, it would be, a fraction of what we currently convert at. And, you know, particularly on the sales cycles, you know, they're a fraction, sales cycles, a fraction of what it would have been before, you know, we really got this dialed in. So it was the thing that we needed to get out of, you know, one of the key things that we needed to get out of stagnation, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, first off, thank you so much. Um, thank you for your um, generosity in sharing all your content. Uh, but then, yeah, your private stuff is legit. <laughs> you, you know, your stuff. So, um, it was, listen, it's worth flying all the way over. I hear, uh, yeah. Gandalf coming. So I suppose yeah. we better pack it up and get out of here so we can see the fireworks show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul, thank this you has so been much. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for flying down and, and, uh, checking into the great chatting. Awesome. Okay. Welcome back, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. I um, seem to have accidentally swallowed what I believe is foam. I'm not entirely sure. It was difficult to identify. It's very dark and confined in here. And I'm a little worried about throwing up in here. So if uh, you want more ways to spy on Josh, visit upmyinfluence.com. This is Morse code. Over and out.